0: Hello, and welcome to Boston Private Perspectives. I'm Shannon Sakosha, Chief Investment Officer at Boston Private. This week, we're going to be switching up our podcast a bit. With the Fed's announcement last week of a new approach to their dual mandate of inflation and employment, I thought it would be great to bring in our resident Fed expert, Ryan McQuilkin, to talk about how he sees this decision shaping policy going forward. Ryan heads up the fixed income team here at Boston Private and helps me to set our investment policy and strategy as a member of the investment policy committee and our asset allocation working group. Ryan, welcome to the Perspectives Podcast.
1: Hey, Shannon. Good to be here.
0: Why don't we dive right in? Let's start first with the question that's on everyone's mind. What exactly did the Fed do last week?
1: Sure. So it is, it is a bit confusing. Uh, at their at their recent policy review at Jackson Hole, they communicated that they are going to view inflation differently, uh, especially as it pertains to hitting that, that famous 2% target. Um, you know, essentially, they have determined that over the last several years, uh, the U.S. economy has sort of structurally changed, uh, and they are now willing to let inflation run higher than maybe they would have previously. Uh, you, you know, in the past, the Fed would, would start getting cautious. They they would maybe even preemptively raise interest rates as the economy got to full employment, believing that inflation was on its way soon, but, you know, they are changing their view on the somewhat. They no longer believe that a low unemployment rate necessarily leads to inflation. Um, as I mentioned, there has been some structural changes to the economy, you know, namely, namely aging populations and increased amounts of debt levels, um, that are overall deflationary to name a couple. Um, and also, the Fed has, as witnessed, has just witnessed an 11-year expansion accompanied by low interest rates and also a low unemployment rate that did not uh, lead to inflation. So uh, that sort of informs this new view. Uh, you know, the idea of letting inflation run above its target will especially apply, um, you know, after years where inflation has failed to reach that two percent level, um, and sort of this entire view has sort of been dubbed you know, inflation, average inflation targeting. So, um, you know, in practice, you know, if for a couple of years, uh, you know, inflation runs below that 2% roll by say a percent, to that, that 2% level, you know, by, uh, by maybe a percentage points, uh, they would be willing to then let that, let that inflation level run maybe a percent higher than that 2% goal for a couple of years uh, afterwards. So, um, you know, the overall there was, there was not you know, a lot of fanfare for this announcement, uh, especially considering, you know, the the large-scale intervention that they've undertaken this year in markets back in uh, back earlier in the year. But um, this does have some implications going forward.
0: And this was really not much of a surprise, was it? I mean, wasn't this really a, a you know, a formalization of things that had been talked about over the course of the last 12 or 18 months?
1: It was. They, they've been talking about this, you know, off and on for um, for several years. And really, even this time, they didn't put any, um, you know any firm guardrails around it? There was no specific mention of of um, of numbers they're trying to hit, or the or, you know how many years they're gonna they're gonna have this this, this policy in place. So it's still very you know it's very flexible. They gave themselves quite a bit of room to maneuver, but um, it does speak to a formalization of something they've been speaking about for a while.
0: So. You know, with that as the backdrop, one of the things that we've been continuing to talk to our clients about, as you're well aware, is, you know, what what does fixed income look like in the new world? And we've obviously gone back to zero interest rate policy, a, you know, a place we've been several times uh, over the course of the last decade or so. Yes. And so can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, how we view um, our outlook for bonds, given what happened last week and really given what everything that's happened since sort of mid-March?
1: Yes, yeah, so it, it's a very challenging environment right now, especially with um, with rates at low levels, um, with spreads at very tight levels. You know, there's not a ton of value out there. Um, we, of course, you know, remind our clients all the time that you know, bonds have um, you know very important risk mitigation um, you know uh, characteristics. Um, and this probably does not have an immediate impact on overall interest rate levels. You know, right now we're sort of um, we're still under the specter of COVID nineteen and and the implications of that. Um, you know, the you know the economy essentially is still in repair mode as opposed to growth and inflation mode for now. But uh, but down the road, this does have some implications. But you look at the markets last week, and you did see uh, you know forward inflation expectations increase modestly, but. Um, really, the market's taking sort of a um, a wait and see approach. Um, but you know, as we get past as we get past COVID, uh, you could see a steeper curve. Um, you, you could see higher rates modestly. You know, at least to at least to start you know over the next few years. Um, you know, this probably argues for keeping portfolios on the shorter side in terms of duration wise, um, and also sort of. Uh, you know, argues for probably keeping some dry powder available, whether that be in um, cash or cash alternatives or short-term securities.
0: And that's really just one side of that yield curve steepening, right? I mean, it's the inflation expectations, but it's also those expectations for stronger economic growth, which um, I think are are starting to be priced into the market on the equity side. But to your point, we really haven't seen the yield curve price in robust Economic growth in 2021 quite
1: yet is that fair? That is definitely fair. I mean, you know, coming out of 2008, um, the curve got quite a bit steeper. You haven't seen that um, at all. Um, you know, certainly not yet. Um, and and the overall level of interest rates is certainly is certainly um, still very very low. With the 10 year around, you know, 70 basis points plus or minus.
0: So when we think about, you know, because obviously here at Boston Private, we're managing globally diversified portfolios to your point about risk mitigation, making sure that we're appropriately diversified um, across equity, fixed income, cash alternatives. Uh, And so outside of traditional fixed income, which I, you know, I know is your area of expertise, but can you talk a little bit about what other implications this might have for other asset classes? um, based on what's happening here with the fed?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it'll all depend on whether the fed is successful in, in creating that inflation. Um, you know, they've sort of been, uh, they've been, you know, underperforming, under delivering on that on that part of their mandate for the last several years. And there are, as I mentioned, some structural, um, headwinds to, to getting to inflation. Um, but, you know, if they are able to increase those expectations, um, you know, drive those rates higher, you know, it, it argues for allocating at least some of your portfolio to traditional asset classes that have done uh, pretty well under that backdrop. So, uh, you know, gold, real estate, commodities, we've seen some, um, some more interest in tips lately overall, um, or at least client conversations to that to that effect. Um, and Equities, too, are, are of course, a, um, a good place to be under an inflationary backdrop, at least modestly. Um, you know, this new policy probably means a weaker dollar at the margin, and so that has some uh, some implications for other asset classes um, as well.
0: So you mentioned tips, and I do. I just want to dig in a little bit more. Um, you know, what are our views on tips? Because I, I know that in my experience especially coming out of 2008, 2009, there was so much talk about kind of runaway inflation with all of the monetary stimulus that we've seen. And so tips were, um, you know, part of almost every conversation we were having over the course of a couple of years there. And then, you know, obviously we realized that inflation wasn't exactly happening (laughs) the way that it was anticipated. So um, how do we view tips, you know, as part of an allocation um, at this juncture?
1: yeah it's it's a it's it's a good point i mean i think and I think we're sort of under that same under that same view where um, we're taking a sort of a wait and see approach um, you know for it to, it, it's a difficult it's a nuanced asset class um, it's a different asset class in terms of in terms of how it fits in a portfolio um, but, but overall I think you know it, it depends on how on what the outlook is and and right now we're just we're, we're not believing that there's going to be runaway inflation. Um, And overall, in tips, you have to have sort of um, high inflation plus unexpected inflation, which are two things to kind of uh, that are difficult to deliver and the track record of the economy and the things that are going on um, probably won't drive runaway inflation for a while if it ever does. Um, So we're sort of cautious on tips as well still.
0: Great. Thank you so much. One last question: If you had to give you know a final word of advice for our investors who have bond allocations um, and they are looking for questions that they should be asking their advisor, either here at Boston Private or elsewhere, you know what are those one or two questions that you should be asking about your fixed income exposure in this environment?
1: Yeah, I would I would say um, you know think about why you want fixed income, um, you know stay the course. Um, You know, remain flexible, Um, you know, think outside the box, think creatively. Uh, Rates are low, um, but there are things you can do uh, within fixed income and with different types of securities, uh, different types of of duration targeting, um, you know, different types of asset class within fixed income that can sort of mitigate the effect of of lower interest rates, uh, you know, until we get to higher interest rate levels, um, as well as sort of accomplishing the overall goal, which is to. Um, to keep the volatility down the portfolio.
0: Great. Well, Ryan, I really want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, I think that you've shared an insight that will certainly prove beneficial for our listeners. um, And we certainly look forward to having you back on uh, in the coming months as this story unfolds.
1: Great. Good to be here. Thank you as well.
0: And thanks again for listening to this week's podcast. I want to encourage all of you to reach out to our team here at Boston Private with any questions or concerns you may have. Providing guidance and support as a trusted advisor is our mission. If you have any questions or thoughts on our points today, you can find me on Twitter at Shannon Sakosha. You can also read our latest perspectives on the markets, the economy, taxes, estate planning, and fixed income by visiting bostonprivate.com. And if you want all of this information delivered right to your inbox, I encourage you to sign up for our newsletters while you're there. Be sure to subscribe to the Boston Private Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. And I look forward to coming to you once again next week.
2: The following does not represent a complete analysis of every material fact with respect to the topics covered herein. All investments carry a risk of loss. Neither BPW nor its investment professionals or representatives provide tax, accounting, or legal advice. Listeners should review any planned financial transactions or arrangements that may have tax, accounting, or legal implications with their advisors. For additional information about us, please refer to our Form ADV Disclosure Brochure, which may be obtained by contacting us at 800-422-6172 or info at bostonprivate.com. Private banking and trust services are offered through Boston Private Bank and Trust Company, a Massachusetts chartered trust company. Wealth management services are offered through Boston Private Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor and wholly-owned subsidiary of Boston Private Bank and Trust Company. Boston Private Bank is an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Investments are not FDIC-insured, not bank-guaranteed, and may lose value.